News, sports, AccuWeather, and more. Wake up with the information you need on WKOK Sunrise on News Radio 1070 WKOK and WKOK.com. Thank you so much for joining us on WKOK Sunrise. Rob Setter is our fabulous producer. Matt Catrillo is our news director. He's out there doing hard work, too, making sure everything goes uh, smoothly this morning. On the news line with us now, we're meeting for the first time, but very glad to make the acquaintance of Heather Stafford. She's clinical director of infection prevention and control at UPMC in North Central Pennsylvania. Good morning, Heather. Thank you so much for calling in today. Well, good morning. Thank you for having me. I do appreciate it. We've heard of you back when you were with the Department of Health, and we're glad you uh, upgraded up into our region and started helping even more people in our region. So we're very glad uh, we got some time to talk to you. Well, we are presently really scaling back a lot of mitigation here. Uh, just as a skeptic, I always get a little bit nervous. What's your reaction as you see the mitigation scaling back and, uh, you know, we're free to move about the country? Country, as they say well I think what it's showing us is that you know the vaccine is, is working the, the science supports that this vaccine is highly effective and it's a combination I mean the, the masking and the social distancing has been very important and then you top that with the vaccine that's highly effective and we're seeing a decrease in the COVID uh, illness around the country now we have a lot of things that are changing and some things that are are not changing. If you go to the uh, UPMC Williamsport or Divine Providence, you're still going to be uh, temperature checked, uh, masked, and social distance. You can't take everybody in there you want with you. You can't have a thousand visitors if you're, you know, in in the hospital per se. And so science supports that. But at the same time, go to a local store. M- maybe no protocols at all. Science supports all of that. I sort of explain how you how it applies to some areas and not others and, and you know and how we're what we're trying to accomplish yeah so it, it's good to be aware that you know there are many places and settings where masking you know will still be required and healthcare is the prime example we're caring for those people who are most vulnerable and you know at a, are at high risk they're in our facilities for some reason because they are li- likely have some sort of illness where versus where you're at the grocery store you're very, you know, generally very healthy and out and about running your errands. And I think that's the key message here and why masking would be so important. And for us to still screen people for fever or COVID-like symptoms when you're coming into an outpatient or an inpatient hospital setting is, is really the key thing. You know, the virus doesn't pay attention to um, what each person is like. It, it takes every opportunity to to spread where it can and would get into our most vulnerable people, which we're seeing at our facilities. So, you know, it's, I would just advise that it's continue to be thoughtful and cautious about crowded public spaces. You know, while a grocery store or any sort of sporting events indoors may not have a masking requirement, when you're in close vicinity, you run the risk of still being able to contract any, any sort of virus that's spread through the air. Is it still a best practice to keep all of our mitigation in place at schools? Yes, I, I believe so. Um, I mean, children, you know, we're not seeing a high vulnerable population in the children for getting severely ill, but we do see children who still get the, the virus and become ill. 
and could potentially be hospitalized. So these mitigation efforts of masking and social distancing are still important in those type of venues also. We still see a few steps to go until we're back to normal. What's the path there as we go forward? Kind of what should we do? What's it going to look like? Well, I think we need more people to get vaccinated to reach a higher level of immunity. Um, there are new variants of COVID virus popping up around the country, and we'll continue to see that spread. And the vaccine has been proven effective against these variants, the new variants also. So, you know, while we're fortunate that those who are contracting COVID-19 have access to life-saving treatment like monoclonal antibodies, it's still best to be protected and not um, obtain the virus at all. Um, so just because we have better treatment doesn't mean that we shouldn't try to prevent it. And vaccination is the key to prevention at this point. Must be quite a vexing discussion that happens around you. You're an infection specialist and really a vaccine expert as far as I'm concerned. And to hear folks say, oh, no, I don't want it, not going to take it, not going to try it. What's your reaction that we still have a vaccination debate? Well, it, it's important to validate people's concerns and, and you don't, you know, one never knows their past experience with a, a vaccine. Um, you know, we should never say things that create shame or make them feel adversarial. And instead, showing them the science and trying to alleviate their concerns. There's very good articles. Of, you know, several of the myths that I hear is that it was rushed to development um, or that it will affect a women's fertility. Well, none of that is proven, and there's lots of articles that dispel those myths. And I think sharing the facts and the science is the way to go. And, you know, everybody has a right to their concerns. I, I think it's, you know, you should always validate people's concerns and just try to provide them the best information and facts possible. We keep always talking about herd immunity, but we do have many vaccine-hesitant uh, people here. Will we ever achieve that since the variants are growing and changing? That's you know, sort of the nature of the virus. Uh, can we ever put this behind us? Yeah, well, that's that's the $100 million question, right? Um, when we will see, re achieve 70% immunity, is, you know, we're striving. We're doing every avenue that we can. We know we have a very large underserved rural population in Pennsylvania, and that's the target that's really hard to reach. Um, we're, you know, getting out there in the community and thinking outside the box. I'm, you know, we've reached the people that want it and will seek it out. Now we have to seek the people out to try to um, guide them toward, toward getting this vaccine. So I, I don't really know the answer, you know, when we'll get there, but we're, we'll, I, I fully feel we'll get there eventually. Okay, so at least to that 70% mark, which is kind of a national and state uh, benchmark, you do see that in the months ahead? Okay. Yes, I, I'm hopeful, you know, with our efforts throughout the summer here that we'll continue to see that number or rise across our state. We have we have pockets that are getting close to there, and then we have very rural counties that, you know, are really struggling to get to that mark. What's your message to unvaccinated people? Well, you know, we, we have a great, UPMC has a great website that can help guide you to where vaccine is available. Um, it's vaccine.upmc.com. I encourage people to go there. We have all the great articles talking about the science and the effectiveness and the safeness of the vaccine. And just I encourage everyone to talk to their primary care provider. I, I know people really trust their primary care provider's judgment and, you know, that just take the advice that, that they have for you. 
How is the vaccine, uh, well, scratch that, what about t- talking to parents? What What's your message to parents? I guess 12 and up at the moment, at some point, uh, probably all kids will be eligible for a vaccine. That, you know, while there is a feeling that it is rare in kids, it does happen, and the vaccine will definitely pr- protect them. Um, young people can spread the, vac- or the virus to vulnerable family members, you know, they're visiting, you know, their ill grandparents or other members of their family. And we know that the vaccine is extremely effective in preventing this, this virus in this age group. Um, all the evidence says the vaccine is safe in kids. And it's actually the Pfizer vaccine in particular was found to be 100% effective in clinical trials of all the adolescents that were in that trial. Um, the, you know, the side effects are minimal. Is They're no different than any other vaccine that an adolescent would get. You know, like fever, chills, soreness at your arm, um, typical of like, you know, flu-like responses um, from that vaccine. So the best way to get our kids all back in school is to get them vaccinated. And, you know, the best way to get our lives back to normal is for many of us as possible to get vaccinated. What should I do now as I go about the community when uh, I go into some sort of a restaurant or a facility, a store or some other facility? Should I be masking? Maybe they may not even require me. I believe I heard that Walmart's not requiring masking of anyone. I, I, I don't know that I saw that in person, so I'm not sure that that's 100% true. But in any event, uh, certain places have masking requirements. Others don't. You can go to lots of rural parts of where you live and and find that masks are still uh, not, uh, you know, part of anyone's uh, protocols. What should I do? How can I go through uh, our society now safely? Yeah, I think you. everyone should be very mindful of the setting that they're in and pay attention to signage on the doors. It is going to get very confusing. And, I mean, I, I strongly feel the best guidance is if it's, a, if it's still a crowded indoor area that, you know, masking is appropriate. And it's, you know, better to be safe than sorry, because every business will have some sort of different guidance. I'm, I'm sure it'll get very confusing. All right. How is the disease transmitted now? Same as ever, but uh, we seem to still have a, you know, a low background level of, uh, you know, new cases coming out. Is it the same as it ever was, just transmission from person to person, people too close and uh, getting in each other's clouds and so on? Yes, it's a, it's a droplet-based transmission, which means if you were to sneeze or cough, it could go, you know, anywhere from three to six feet um, past your body. That's why we kind of go with this six-feet space rule between people um, to help avoid the spread. And then the droplet means, you know, it doesn't stay out and linger in the airborne. It does, like, drop to the ground after it leaves the body. The pessimist in me sees that uh, in the years ahead, we'll always have a background level of coronavirus. Uh, there's a lot of vaccine-hesitant people, so those people will just keep uh, giving it to each other, and as is almost always the case, the vast majority of whom will recover fully, but they'll kind of keep spreading among themselves. Is, is that a skeptical but uh, potentially accurate vision? I, I think that's very accurate. I think this is a virus that's here to stay, just similar to influenza virus. We'll see it, you know, come about annually every year with our unvaccinated populations. 
uh, when we go indoors and outdoors more. So, yeah, summer to winter. Okay, and we recently saw a study that showed that individuals who are vaccinated are not as wildly contagious when they do get the virus. We know they don't suffer as much. They're not hospitalized. You know, they don't die as often. But um, they're not as contagious either. Tell us about that. Well, that's that's true. There's studies being done on that still. There's still a lot of unknowns here as we, you know, are newer in the vaccination field and we'll continue to do ongoing studies to see if, if we are truly carriers once we're vaccinated and to what extent the virus is, uh, you know, potentially able to be spread to others. So I, I don't have a lot of, of facts on science okay. on that yet. Well, we'll keep an eye on that, and when you do, we will check back. Anything important you want to tell us that perhaps, you know, from a public health perspective or a clinical perspective, I haven't asked you something important? No, I, I just want to, you know, reaffirm everyone that the vaccine is safe and to talk with your primary care provider about your options and, uh, you know, look at the CDC website, any of your local health systems, and uh, I've just really encourage vaccination. Well, we've been going to upmc.edu for a long time, so we'll keep doing so. That's where we found out about you. Plus, Amber DePew, we thank her. Co-producer credits, we'll hand those out. She made sure that uh, you carved out some time for us today, so we very much appreciate it, Heather. Thank you so much for checking in today. All right, thank you. Have a good day. And that is Heather Stafford, uh, a clinical director of infection prevention and control at UPMC in North Central Pennsylvania. She's an RN and a, a certified clinician and talking about the uh, vaccination, what it does and uh, does not do. Again, we thank Rob Zetter, our fabulous producer, making sure that we get that interview going this morning.